One, two, three. Welcome to Highest Potential with Steve Pettit, a podcast that explores how Bob Jones University empowers individuals to reach their highest potential for God's glory. Welcome today to Highest Potential. I'm Steve Pettit, and I'm so glad that you're joining us today. We have with us in this episode the Associate Dean of the School of Religion, Dr. Kevin Oberlin, with us today. Kevin, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, it's good to see you. Yeah, likewise. And uh, school has been completed, and uh, I'm sure students are excited about the summertime. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, And I'm sure teachers are excited about a little break, too. That is true as well. (laughs) Well, uh, we wanted to talk to you today because um, you have uh, a unique ministry going on now online called A Pastor's Prayer Huddle. And uh, I have not been privileged to be a part of it at this point, but uh, I want you to tell us about it. And then we're going to talk a little bit about where churches are now with the COVID-19 virus, how they're responding, and then what do we see going forward in the future? So tell us about what's been happening uh, since uh, the, the middle of March. Yeah. So there's, there's several pastors that during this time that have really felt like they needed to have connection with other men. And tr- just to really try to, you know, brainstorm and get together and pray. And so this has really just been a wonderful opportunity to uh, connect with other pastors online. And so we've been doing it since the end of March. So, let, it, me, so let me ask you, so when you started, yep. how many pastors did you start with? Uh, we started with maybe 30 pastors. Okay, so 30 guys came together. Yep. You sent out an email, I said s- if you want to come. Yep, I sent out an email, a little registration if you want to. We're using Zoom platform so we can have breakout rooms. And so um, we have almost 90 registrants at the, today um, that are men who have interested. And, you know, not everybody can come every week, but we have, a, you know, somewhere between 35 and 40 each week pretty steadily. We had sometimes we have 50, 60 as well. And these are pastors like from where? These are pastors from all over the United States and actually really around the world. We have people that stay up. Um, they're pastoring in Singapore. They stay up real late at night so they can be part of our part of our um, uh, pastors prayer huddle. We have people in Europe. Um, you know, South America, different places. Wow. Yeah. So it was about about 90 to 100 that are involved in it. Yeah, overall. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. So tell me what's uh, out of this. You've How many sessions have you had so far? We've had six sessions, and this Friday will be our seventh. And um, it's really simple. The format's very simple. In fact, I call it a very simple time together with other pastors. And you just come on. We have four or five men pray. The first guy prays. He actually gives us, chooses his own passage of Scripture to read for us. And then after we have a few guys pray, um, we have um, a little, we go into breakout rooms. And so you might be in a room with two or three pastors, maybe four pastors max. And you just discuss. You share stories. You share some scripture, what God's doing in your life right now, what he's doing, what are some issues you're having in your church, um, you know, with other like-minded, like-minded pastors who are going to be preaching that weekend. You know, you can share your scriptural text that you're going to be um, preaching over, and then they just pray and get together. We usually are about 15, 20 minutes in a breakout room, so you have that real intimate connection, and then we come back out to a plenary, if you will, for another three or four men to pray, and then we're done. 
So uh, out of doing this now for the last month and a half, and it, it doesn't, six weeks doesn't seem very long, but six weeks at this time of our life seems like six years. Everything seems exactly. so much longer. So what, what are the things, or maybe what I should say, what are the themes that are coming out of these conversations with these pastors? You know, it was interesting. I had a, um, a seasoned pastor email me um, after the first Friday that we did this. And he said to me, it was great to see all of those men. I felt for every one of them, you can sense the weight each one of them is carrying. Hmm. And those were his words to me. The next week after we had done this twice, he emailed me again. He said, I sensed a greater encouragement today among the men. I sensed that while we are carrying a great weight, there was a real sense of joy and encouragement that I think many of us needed. And I had, I had a great breakout group as well. Thank you. So tell me about the weight you feel like pastors are carrying today. You know, unless you're a pastor of a local church, it's kind of hard for the average person. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a member of a church. I listen to my pastor every Sunday morning now. Uh, but what, what kind of weights are they carrying? Well, I, it's interesting because I, I was asking for some feedback from them. And this group has, you know, kind of grown to enjoy each other's company. And we just... We've, we've actually, you know, we're learning each, who each other are. Some of them didn't even, some of the, guys, the men that came on the call, uh, on the Zoom call, we're all seeing each other. You know, you can see all the little faces on, on your monitor. And some of them didn't even know other people. So we're learning and getting familiar and comfortable with each other. And as they do, they're starting to open up saying, hey, you know, how, do you, how are you guys doing this? Or what's this going, what's going on here? I had one pastor say, say to me, he says, you know, the biggest burden that the pastors have is all of a sudden they've been thrust in this, this world of technology and they're supposed to be an expert at, you know, YouTube, you know, YouTube premiere or Facebook or something like that. And they never done that before. And so there's all this excess pressure to be, to be, you know, get up to speed within one week and be able to do all these things with their churches and yet be shepherds and then not even be able to see their sheep, not even be able to pastor like they're, they're used to it. And so you go to, you, you really, you see pastors, these shepherds are really seeing limitation in their life. Yeah. How do you pastor people that you can't see? And here are people who are men who are used to a tangible, uh, visible uh, locations where people go to gather, and suddenly they they can't see they can't see anyone. Exactly. And that is and the and the weight of that is is just the oddity of it. And how does this actually work? Right. Um, so, what are some of the churches doing to to keep their congregations engaged? Well, they're doing uh, just a host of things, lots of calls. One, one church is actually using, you know, Slack for the entire congregation. So there's this ongoing chat that's happening throughout their members, throughout the entire congregation. Slack. So it's, uh, it's, just, it's just this, um, it's this technology where it's, it's kind of like texting on steroids, where everybody is in this big group chat, and they're all talking and having this conversation throughout the week as a congregation. Oh, wow. And so they're using... It's like a family feed. It's like a family feed. And so they're, they're working, you know, you know, some of them are using like these online, you know, Zoom or some type of Google chat or something like that. They're doing their uh, Facebook Live. They're obviously doing, um, I had one youth pastor, t- you know, talk about how he's been doing games and, and actually playing games with his youth group online and coming up with these unique online games where they're getting together and doing youth activities. So they're, they're having a lot of fun with it, I think. So it's a virtual youth activity. It's a virtual youth activity. That's kind of cool. Some pastors are doing daily devotionals. 
that have been really meaningful and they just, you know, and, and their congregation is just every day they're, they're looking for their pastor. They're that five minute, five minutes of musing in the morning or in the afternoon. Um, they're, you know, what has actually become really uh, in vogue right now is handwritten notes. <laughs> and that, you, wow, that's really unique. Yeah, isn't it? really. It's and um, it's funny. Even my daughter is writing handwritten notes to her classmates because you know they're all at home, doing online school, and so and so they're like making little bracelets and sending them. For, well, pastors are doing that, and some pastors are actually writing a letter to their congregation every single week. So are those? I, I'm assuming the letters come through email. That's that's the way. Or are they are they hand delivered through U.S. mail? A lot of them are coming through U.S. mail. Oh, uh, wow. Some pastors are doing, obviously, for a congregation wide, they're doing those through email. Well, that's really interesting. That. One of the things that, that my wife is doing at this time is that we have, I can't tell you how many containers that we have in my garage of, the, of our past, which includes all of my books. Mm. But my wife has been going through every single letter that she has saved since her high school years. Wow. So she's got this stack of love, love letters. And and she came to me the other day. She said, Steve, she said, those people back, we back in the day wrote all kinds of letters. Nobody writes letters today. It's exactly. all, it's texting. It's, yeah. And she said, it's amazing what they were saying. This would go back 40 years ago. Mm. And so uh, maybe maybe we're returning to the past. Yes. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Um, what are uh, what are some creative things that you recommend churches to do to keep their congregations engaged? You know, it's interesting. Um, as far as the shepherding perspective, there are some churches that are actually making household call, you know, house calls. Mm. And this has been this is of course has been popular in many in in past decades and centuries making house calls. But there, there's one church in particular. Their elders are calling on every household each week. To check in on them, and they're so this is phone calls mostly. No, they're actually I think visiting. They're, they're, they're visiting. They're doing wow. visitation. They're standing. Some some elders are standing. You know, they'll be, you know, ten feet from the front door, but they're checking in them. How's it, how's it going? And, and particularly people who are elderly, just checking in on them yeah. and making so sure really they're really okay. shepherding the people. Really trying to um, do their best to do their due diligence to the great shepherd. Yeah. Wow, I know you said there were some pretty neat stories. Uh, of some things that, that you've been encouraged by? Well, yes. And, you know, I think the Lord is always on the move, but really during this time it has, it has demonstrated that um, churches in many ways are actually flourishing. Um, in some respects, it doesn't feel like that at all, but in, there are several very encouraging stories of, of people getting saved. For example, there's this one 20-something young man who um, has, he grew up in a Christian home and um, has seemingly has no interest in the Lord. He texts his mother and he said, you know, hey, I, I need to talk to you about, I need to talk to you about Christ. And she actually thought he was mocking through the text. Hmm. And, and, and they got on the phone and he was weeping. And she says, I don't ever remember weep, this, my son weeping since he was like really young. And here he's weeping and it's all having to do with what's going on and the fact that, you know, he sees what death actually is and what's going on. And I'm, you know, I'm hearing from churches, there are these phenomenal stories of what God is actually doing during this time and that pastors are encouraged um, how God is actually working. There's, there's one pastor, he said, you know, I'm just going to make, I'm just going to design this small eight-week small Bible study and encourage everyone to reach out uh, to other people and to, like make their own little small Bible study. So he wrote the curriculum and he says, I didn't put any pressure. It's just very low key. 
And he says, I was amazed. There are 21 different groups that were doing it within his congregation. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. I, you know, it's kind of like, um, what I, it seems like, of course, when, when you have so much taken away, and I'm not just talking about um, accessible television programs, but, I, but, but, but people mm-hmm. who have contact, and suddenly now you're turned inward. Right. And you start looking on the inside, and you start really um, reflecting uh, uh, on your, your life. There's no way that people cannot sense uh, uh, um, an emptiness, right. um, perhaps guilt for, for multiple different things. And then what the human heart begins to cry out for is they begin to cry out for peace. Absolutely. Yeah. Or the Hebrews would call it shalom, a wholeness, a wellness. And, yeah. and realize only God can give you that. Yeah. And so it's, it's almost like God is doing a work and we don't really know what it is. That's right. Because we can't, we can't write about it because we can't be there to see it happening. Yeah, actually one church said that they, through all of this, they've added 15 members to their church. Wow. And there, there are some, one other pastor said that several people in the community are claiming their church as their, as, the, as their, you know, the church in the neighborhood as their church when they never even visited. Wow. So there, there's a lot of follow-up that needs to happen. There's a lot of opportunity, but people are thinking right now about eternity. So when you look at the overall mood of the churches right now from the pastors, what are they telling us? Or at least what are, what are they saying to you during these uh, prayer times? Well, I think there's been a heaviness. I think there's been a sobriety um, regarding our own limitations as under shepherds and our ability during this time. And I think that it has actually caused people to um, to really be still and know who is actually God and who is actually shepherding his church and who is actually doing the work, that the Spirit of God is the one who's really in charge and the really moving among hearts. Mm. And so it's been a really good thing in many cases just to align yourself with what God's doing. Yeah. Well, uh, it's going to be very interesting, especially as God's people start going back to their local churches. Right now, uh, we're not exactly sure when that's going to happen. Uh, My home church is looking hopefully to open up in a few weeks Um, with, with our churches looking towards somewhere in the month of May, getting back to having services. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? What do you see? Do you, do you see fewer members returning, or do you think it'll be a slow process, or what do you see happening? It sounds like a lot of churches are doing it in phases, and what phases means means different probably to every church, but there's you know maybe the main services there. It sounds like a lot of churches are wanting to do an outdoor service first, and then they can phase in mm-hmm. to an indoor service. And then eventually they can bring in their other small classes, their nurseries in time when that's appropriate. So I think that's kind of how people are thinking at present. So uh, it'll, it'll be a process over the, I'm sure over the course of the summer. Um, you know, these men, how can, how can church members today right now be praying for their pastor? That's a great question. And it's a wonderful question to to get a praying pastor, but pastors need their, their, their people to actually pray for them. And I think right now, just to pray that they will pray prayers like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, to trust in the Lord with all your heart, that none of us should be leaning on our own what, thinking that somehow we have, you know, some type of knowledge that will solve this or that we have the, the, 
you know, the corner on knowledge, but then in all our ways, we keep making God part of what we're doing and then claim the promise that he'll direct our path. If we were, if we could mentally project out, let's say here we are in May, let's, let's project out uh, to Thanksgiving. So uh, six months have passed by Mm -hmm. and I don't, I can't say if things will be back to normal. That's very, very difficult to say, but let's project out about six months and looking back over this weird, strange period of time. And uh, the question is this, what do you think are some positives that ch- the churches can learn from this COVID-19 pandemic? You know, I, I'm really, <clears throat> in a lot of things I'm saying here today, I just want to give credit to a lot of the pastors in the prayer huddle, because I did survey them and just kind of get their, th- get their thinking. This is not a lot of, like any knowledge I would have but I would say some of, the, some of the things that really jumped out to me as I talked to them was really just taking more time for God, that people have had a sense of their prayer life needing to grow mm-hmm. and is growing, um, that limitations themselves are actually a good thing. There's nothing wrong with limitations per se. Obviously, we don't want to limit our assembling together. A church is an assembly. But limitations to, to demonstrate our need to trust the Lord um, that people are, lo- are, are more loving and generous than maybe we actually realize. Mm-hmm. That offerings have continued in many cases and have been able to just keep coming in and the bills have been able to be paid. Um, to not being, you know, not taking for granted the, the abilities that we, and the freedoms we had to, to be able to get together and even, even in times of health. And learning to pray for believers all around the world who are in situations like this for whatever reason that they are not able to assemble and getting a little bit of a taste for what that's like. You know, you almost could almost say that in, in, the, in, the, in the absence of being in church, if you could say it this way, we've been, we've been pulled apart. Mm-hmm. It's almost like God is taking it and pushing it to where actually we become closer together. Because we have a sense of need. I've been thinking about what's it going to be like when I go back to church for the first time? Hmm. Is it going to be like, hi, Fred, hi, John, (laughs) business as usual? Not likely. (laughs) I don't think so. And, you know, will people get in the church and will they be afraid or will they be so filled with joy that they'll just be weeping? that they can be back together. And then suddenly mm. the, what, what becomes the most important thing in the church mm-hmm. is not the pew, right. you know, it's not the music style. It's not this, it's right. not that. It's not, it's not the, it, it's the, it's the fact that God is there in the midst of his people in the presence mm-hmm. of the Holy spirit and the word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ being there in the fellowship of the saints. Yeah. That becomes what's so important. Yeah. And all of a sudden you start reading the Bible again, like Paul's letters. And it's like, that's what Paul emphasized. Right. Yeah. So maybe this is a, maybe this is a big reset refresh button for God's people. That would be wonderful. That's how it goes. So as we uh, finish up here, uh, Kevin, why don't you just uh, share with us uh, maybe from your heart, what it is God's been doing in your life at this time. Uh, we, we've been out of classes. You have a very busy schedule, a lot of responsibility, but what has Lord been doing in your heart as we finish up? I've been, um, in the, in the school of religion here at Bob Jones university, we've, we've started an actually a newsletter during this time. We call it the SOR review. 
and we've had a handful or so of editions. We've been doing it each week. And I just finished up um, this Friday a series through Psalm 46. And so I did, there's three stanzas in that psalm. And so, you know, God is a refuge. God is a river. And his presence is with among us. It's a river flowing through the city. And then ultimately, God is a warrior. He's the one who actually fights for us. Mm-hmm. And um, that has just been a blessing to be able to write that column each week and just think through how how great our God is and that he really is all-encompassing. You know, the psalmist says, you know, I look to the hills, where does my help come from? And, you know, Jerusalem is there. It's this little it's this little hill, this little hump around, surrounded by some bigger humps, some bigger mountains. And I can look to all the mountains around me, 360 around me, where does my help come from? Well, there's actually only one hill, and that's the hill on the north side of that, that ancient core, and that's the temple and where God's presence was. And, and ultimately, our help only comes from the Lord, and we need to look to him. Um, and that's what we're wanting to do as we as we we gather each week as this pastor's prayer huddle. We're wanting the Lord Christ, the great shepherd, to be able to be honored in our presence and, and really learn from him so that we can be the under shepherds we ought to be. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Kevin, so much for your time. Appreciate you being with us today. And uh, I hope that those of you that are listening, you will be stirred to pray for your pastor and your church. And let's pray for a spiritual revival and awakening in our day that our God would be glorified. Thanks for listening to this episode of Highest Potential with Steve Pettit. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please don't forget to follow BJU on social media at BJUEDU and Dr. Steve Pettit at at BJU President.